Hey, what's up, Low Voltage Nation? This is Blake, non-essential worker from North Nashville. Tonight, we have cameras with BIT. That's Mason Bortz. We're going to talk about shooter detection system and how I got cut off every single Akron Public School back in 2013. Just put it in there? Who knows? Mason, what are we actually going to talk about today? Well, Blake, we are going to be talking about WiseNet SPD-151. Super exciting topic about decoders. Talking about some mm-hmm. BurkTech hybrid fiber. Um, also want to throw in there some stuff about Wilson boosters that I learned about this week. And maybe thermal cameras. Um, I know I've gotten some phone calls about thermal cameras and wanted to see what your thoughts were on it. So We've got a jam-packed episode, it sounds <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's kick let's kick it off with this WiseNet stuff. Uh, is this is this the thing you posted a picture of? Uh, I think it was on Slack, and then you put mm-hmm. it on Instagram, and it was a project you did by yourself, hanging like fifty five inch TVs. Yeah, so, cool. so they're uh, they're we we have this problem where we wanted to we wanted to have four 55 inch screens set up in an office um tv set up in an office to view roughly i think it's 64 cameras we have there and we're having open eye as our video management system and open eye has a thing called spot monitor which which works fairly well um it, it's based around windows and basically you have a pc problem was is you could only support two monitors with spot monitor and it was semi-resource intensive its stability wasn't fantastic um so in order to accomplish four tvs on the wall we would need um two computers which i don't know for other people but for myself i didn't find that really clean it didn't it kind of looked like a half-baked solution when you have two computers sitting next to, you know, you have a brand new office space and brand new TVs up on the wall. And then now we're having two of these computers sitting next with HDMI cables run into it. It really wasn't appeasing to me. So I was trying to find another solution to it. Um, one solution was to mount a little mini computer behind each TV, but the issue there was if we buy them new, they're probably going to run around the $800 mark. If we buy them used, then we have to find all matching models and hope there's not a problem with it, especially with these computers being behind the TV. <clears throat> so one thing that I tried finding was, is there something that's POE based that we can mount behind the TV that would display all the cameras? And Hanwha makes a device called an SPD-151. They also make an SPD-150. And the only difference between these two is the SPD-150 can only be managed and programmed with a keyboard and mouse connected via USB. The SPD-151 can only be managed and programmed from a web interface, a web GUI, um, and, you know, Chrome, Internet Explorer, Firefox. So we went with the SPD-151 that we can manage via web, and it's a pretty cool little unit. So it's all powered either via a two-conductor um, conductor cable, uh, DC 12-volt, or PoE 48-volt. Uh, over your network connection and it has three outputs on it. it has hdmi that can do up to 4k vga up to 1080p and then a, a bnc output that can do one camera so we're only using the hdmi output on this unit and um what's what's really nice is we can do full 4k we can um, put up to 32 cameras on it 
and uh, it's all PoE. And then if we have a problem with it, we can power cycle it remotely with our Unify switch gear. Um, it, it was a pretty rock solid solution. They run, I think MSRP on them is roughly $500. Um, get them as a dealer for, you know, roughly $380, $400, maybe less depending on where you're at as a dealer. Um but they're they're a great little unit and so we ended up buying four of those and just mounting them behind the tv um behind the tvs and then we used a digital signage mount um to basically create a massive um tilt mount for the tvs that i think it's the tilt mount the the plate that mounted on the wall was i think it's like 12 feet long and those just bolt together I wasn't super impressed with that system. Probably would go maybe with the Chief system, but with the price point we were trying to hit, the VMP mount made a lot of sense, and we ended up making it work and looking nice. Um, but so there's there's a couple downsides to the unit itself. Um, <clears throat> it can't do a it can't do 36 cameras at a time. So they have a preset a layout where you can do 36 cameras, but um, four of those cameras are grayed out and there's nothing you can do about it. You couldn't do 30, you know, you, you couldn't, it's kind of hard to explain. There's a part of that screen that's grayed out. So even if you select only to have, you know, eight cameras that are on that screen, but they're bigger, you would still have that area grayed out. So if you get the unit, maybe I'm not explaining it well enough, you'll see that problem. Um, one thing I really do like about this unit is that if you have uh, cameras that are looking down a hallway or they're looking down an aisleway and they're in a hallway mode where um, instead of it being a um, you know 16 by 9 horizontally, it's more of a 9 by 16 or a 16 by 9 vertically, um, you can select and merge multiple cameras together, multiple um, uh, grid spots together to create a vertical um image to display and you'll, you'll get that vertical. It won't be a 16 by nine that's, that's reduced down. So you get this weird vertical, you know, with a bunch of black bars on the side, it will fully use up its, its space. Um, from that standpoint, I really like it. There, there are a couple drawbacks with the unit. Um, you can't manage them from at least what I saw from like one station where you could, you know, duplicate the units together. Um, you basically, how we did it for the four is you set up one unit, get all the cameras added and named and manually add any cameras you need to <clears throat> make sure they're pulling the right profiles, saving that, exporting that camera list now to your other, um, decoders and then setting it up that way. Um, that way you configure one and then you, you basically import that configuration file to the rest of them. Um, other than that, it was a pretty smooth smooth process. You do have to adjust bit rates on some of the cameras, but overall it can take it can take a lot of video streams up to 200 megabit per second. Now, you know, that 200 megabit is on the spec sheet. We were, I was tr more in the range of 90 to maybe 110 megabit per second. And once you get past that point, it seems to start slowing down and chugging a little bit. Um, but I was shocked. This unit was everything I was looking for in it. It does exactly what it says it's it's supposed to do. And we've had them running for a few days and we've had no issues with them. Um, if you put a, if you try to push too much video, like too high of a, 
of a resolution. Like, you know, you try to push a full five megapixel um, camera image in, you know, one sixteenth of their or one twenty fourth of the of the screen. And then, you know, have all 24 cameras, you know, in that grid pulling five megapixel. It doesn't like that. It will do it for a little while, uh, but then it will stop working. But, you know, that's understandable. You just need to make sure you adjust everything to the appropriate levels. Um, But yeah, again, that's the WiseNet SPD-151. It can work with any cameras that support OnViv or RTSP. It does not communicate with your uh, VMS software. It just communicates directly to the camera. If you have any OnViv, it will automatically discover it. You just have to log in, and then you can select a medium or a high and low profile for it to pull, and it will auto-scale that as you, uh, you know, if you have one TV where you have the full camera, it'll pull the high stream. If you have a grid of them, it'll pull the low stream. So, yeah, yeah that so- was that. Yes, but it it can't be centrally managed. Is that what you said? You have to kind of configure one and then piggyback the off the other one. Like how Correct. Does, yeah. Okay. But gosh, are there any VMSs that have RTSP streams that come out of it for individual cameras, or is that is that not even a thing? No, that is a thing. So you can do that with um, like Unify Video. You can do that, but most cameras, the RTSP is directly off the camera. Um, sure. You know. I understand the centrally managed, but you also have to understand that for this, for a system like this, for what we're trying to accomplish, we basically want these cameras to never be changed. These views to never be changed. These, the right. TVs come out in the morning when the manager gets to the office, they stay up on there and then he shuts the TVs off when he leaves and that's it. And he wants it to work day in and day out. He doesn't want to have any Windows updates come up. He doesn't want to have to log in every morning. And that's what this unit's for. It's not, it's a set up once and forget it. And if we need to make minor adjustments on the fly, well, then we can, we can log into the, <clears throat> we, we can log into, you know, VPN in it and make those changes remotely. So um, I get what you're saying. They do have a, an SSM feature on it, which is uh, Hanwa's, um, larger scalable management system that you can implement to have, you know, you can like, ma- you can basically uh, cut up the different tasks. So instead of having one server, you know, doing everything with this SSM model, you can have like one, you can have load balancing servers, then you can have a couple different storage servers, and then you can have a couple different video uh, servers for playback and and in that environment, it, it can fit in there. And I believe that's where you would centrally manage it. Never tried it. Didn't really go down that rabbit hole very far. Because um, for our needs, once you configure one, you can just copy that configuration file and paste it and then make any little minute changes you need to after that. So it's mainly yeah, about that- getting the cameras in the system and configured. That That's really what takes the longest. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Just having a very direct line of communication to the camera, to the device, and just put it on the screen and just yes. be done with it. Don't have that intermediary, you know, VMS or something, other, another point of failure. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, and it, it was cool, really man. interesting because I reached out to my Hanwha rep and I, I was asking for, for a solution like this. I was describing the solution and he, and he was telling me, well, you know, uh, you could take like a little Linux box and throw a wave on it and view it that <laughs> yeah. way. Or you could, you know, take a Raspberry Pi and do this with it. And like, you know, the Raspberry Pi code that I wrote is really good for up to nine cameras, but then past that, it, it's really not that great. Or, you know, I helped with, and I, I feel like this 
is uh, I think a lot of, when you need a system like this, you really need it. And there's really not a way around it. Cause I think I, I truly believe that a lot of people that are in this industry that sell this camera equipment, they think that it's okay for you need you to have to reboot the system every so often or for you have to log in every day on it. And, it, and it's really not. We, we want things, customers just want to see their cameras when they look up and they don't want to ever have to think about it. And <laughs> right. I just, that's, it's such a weird point for people sometimes. And OpenEye is a great example of that. They have the spot monitor feature, which works most of the time until you get a Windows update or the, you know, uh, you, you have these little inconsistencies. And it, it works for the most part, but it, it does have its its drawbacks. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And you got almost 400 likes on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. It looks, it looks really good. Thanks, man. Yeah. We, uh, it took took a lot of time. <laughs> I was there pretty late. <laughs> yeah, all those little zip it little things that you and the stickies that you put on there that nobody will ever see, but we know they're there. Yep. And we know you do a good job Thank every you. single time. <laughs> Try to. <laughs> <laughs> so um, next on the on the task is Burktech. So have you used Burktech before, like fiber or anything of that nature? No, but I I could have used it in some applications and I wish I had have known about it because mm-hmm. it would have saved me a lot of heartache. So thanks for informing me about 45 minutes ago. Yeah, so they uh, we actually, where did this come from? We had someone in the Slack channel, uh, Mike Wrinkle. He, uh, he recommended this to me um, earlier this week. I was looking for some type of a solution to go from uh, my IDF or MDF cabinet out to a camera that was approximately 500 feet away where I needed PoE. Um, and so I, <clears throat> I, was, uh, I was looking at various solutions, and it always, <clears throat> it always seemed to be the solution was we'll run fiber and then get 100, 110 power out there. Well, that's not always feasible. So then the next solution is, well, buy hybrid fiber. And then all the solutions that are around hybrid fiber, which if you're not aware, hybrid fiber is uh, usually two copper conductors ranging from 12 gauge to, to 18 gauge with two uh, fiber uh, strands. So the problem with that that I found is that they're not a fully thought out system. So when whenever you know you bring fiber, when you're running um, uh, OSP fiber that's in a loose tube, you can get tight buffer. But if you run it in a loose tube, in, from my understanding, and I could be wrong on this, you need some type of splice kit to take that and and convert that over to a tight buffer patch cord or something of that nature. So what I was running into is Altronics makes a great product where you can uh, bring fiber in it, and then you can do four, eight, I think even sixteen outputs with uh, with battery backup and remote monitoring. And thought, okay, well that's maybe the way to do it. The problem with that system is, is there's really no way to spool your fiber. They just kind of expect you to to stuff it in there or or figure out, you know some way to do that that's kind of on you and the more i was looking at it there's not a lot of space in there so next solution is well why don't we get a nema enclosure even though the outronics is the nema enclosure and should have everything in there why don't we get a different nema uh, enclosure and put the outronics equipment in that well that was kind of 
that wasn't working out how I thought it, you know, it would. So then I was like, okay, maybe we get a Neiman closure with a DIN rail mount in it. And then we'll do hardened DIN rail mount switch. You can get a corning uh, splice box that has all the outdoor stuff so it can withstand the temperature changes and whatnot and moisture and mount that in there. It has a DIN rail kit in it. And then you kind of have to start at that point running maybe a six strand fiber with, with two conductor direct burial cable on the side. And it, it wasn't a great solution. It would work, and I and I believe that might be the the cleanest or best solution, but it wasn't uh, a great solution. And so <clears throat> I'm really happy Mike um, on the Slack uh, channel pointed this out. So what Berktech has come up with is a fully thought-out system. So you can buy – uh, you basically buy pre-terminated fiber. Now you can get terminated just on one end and then terminate the the other end yourself. But basically, what what they did is they they took that loose tube uh, fiber and they have a it's like a it looks like a little heat shrunk uh, right before it it comes out of the end of the cable. There's a little gland in there where it converts from uh, loose tube into tight buffer, you know, LC patch cable. And then they have a screw on DC connector that goes into a converter and you can convert uh, for one PoE port up to, um, I believe it's eight PoE ports, but I could be wrong. Um, But it allows you, yeah, so up to four PoE ports, it looks like. And you, uh, you also get, um, the ability to do uh, high-powered PoE. So I believe that's up to 90, 90 watts of power. Could be wrong. Um, but it, it's a fully thought-out solution. So they also have a system, if you just need to do one, they make a little 1U rack mount unit where uh, the the injector screws into that <clears throat> little 1U bracket and you fish everything in there and it, you can make it look nice. It's not the prettiest solution, but I understand why they did it. Um, and then they also have two mm-hmm. rack mount units where you, it almost is like a little blade server almost where you buy a chassis, then you can put in your, how much power supply you want and then how much uh, network over uh, or uh, copper to fiber converters, uh, media converters you want. They just slot in there and then all the stuff's on the back that you connect into. Um, and if one of those dies, you just pull it out and, put a new one in you don't have to disconnect anything like any phoenix connectors it's it's ready to go um so overall it's a it's a really good and well thought out solution haven't got pricing on it yet i'm gonna hopefully get that here by the end of the week um but just a really well thought out and i'm really excited to to hopefully use this system um for an lpr camera we uh we're gonna be installing here soon so yeah yeah the ones that I've come across with the LPR mm-hmm. applications, which we're just like, hey, find a way to get power yeah. out there or it's not going to yeah. happen. Like that's just always been our solution or with my experience with it. And then in some cases using point to points, it's like some ubiquity nano stations or whatever. But that's how I've always approached that that problem. If I didn't know when this was a, an option, it would have been a different story. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's it, it's something that, you that can kill a whole project where hey we need to go out 800 feet or a thousand feet to this one you know pole out in the middle of nowhere right. but there's no power out here okay well, we need power out there well it almost costs more money to run the power cable than it does to run the fiber out there half the time and so it just becomes a well i guess we're not going to do it i mean 
and when I posted this, people <laughs> were saying, why don't you go solar? It's like, I don't want to go solar. We're in Michigan. Like that's, that's not gonna, that's not gonna work out well for this, uh, <laughs> this environment. Uh, Marco recommended that. And, I, and that that might work great for Marco. I just I don't w- want to trust that. I don't want to trust the solar panel and batteries as my main power source. If it was a backup, you know, that'd be different. But main power source for a for a security camera system is especially this one where it's getting critical information. Um, I, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. So, but you know, definitely look into this. We 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 buy all our Burtech stuff from Graybar, so um, we're definitely going to check this out and see if it's a a viable solution. Yeah. Yeah. Usually when you put in something that might turn off or yeah. fail, like it's so like solar powered or whatever, yeah. it's that's when somebody gets a, a crime happens and then the customer calls you like, all right, we need some footage. And then oh, it's not yeah. there. Well, and that, would, that would happen. <laughs> you ever been in those? <laughs> we had that happen to us with unified video all the time. It was like, Oh, Hey, this one thing happened. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll look at it. Well, the database was corrupted. Oh my gosh. Will this just stop? <laughs> Can this just work? And uh, yeah, that was, we, we had that happen where, for two months, this lady that spent a decent amount of money with us on a unified system, every time she got to look at video, she couldn't find video and it was on and, <laughs> and she's like, the video will just be, there won't, there'll be video missing. Like she'll see the person walk up to it and then they'll just skip and then she'll see the person leaving. And it's like, really? Right at that time? Really? And so I, uh, yeah. Do you know? Do you know what system it was? It was a Unify video system. Um, it was running on Linux. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So th- there's a there's a bug. I think it was in a Hike Vision or an, I think it was IC Real Time. Oh. And whenever you would export the video or make an attempt mm-hmm. to, like you would clip, say, "Hey, this part right here. This is when the crime happened." And then you would export it, and it would move the video an hour ahead. Oh, wow! So you you think. It was, it was like the weirdest bug. And then you wouldn't know where it was because it was like an hour ahead, like in the quote unquote database. And so I've been in situations where like there's like lawsuits and stuff. Where I'm like, oh, we can't find the video. But we eventually found it. It was crazy. That, oh, my thing. gosh. I can't even imagine. That would that would be awful. That, that would that would <laughs> yeah. that, that sounds in the fact that that somehow got through. I mean, how soon did it get fixed? Um, I have no idea. I, I have no clue. I just, that was one of those situations where I was on the phone with, with the technician for like two hours. Cause I was like, this guy's under the gun. I was trying to help him out. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you, man, the video's gone. And like the, the owner's like breathing down his neck and he's just sitting there sweating and I was trying to help him out. I just like, Maybe I gotta go. You don't I can't buy a five dollar camera system from IC real time. Ex- exactly. I, I absolutely. Exactly. Hate, I hate their, their stuff. I don't, I don't hate their product, I guess. I hate their sales team. I absolutely I I Who are you talking about I see, I real, see time, real time. Yeah. You know, they make a yeah. they make from what I can tell, they make a decent quality product. I mean they're they don't they you know outsource their their video system, their software part of it, and so they'll have issues with it that don't get fixed and you know for a while. Um but their sales team is just the the worst. I mean, it, and it's because they try too hard. That's the problem. Is they'll call me. I uh-huh. bought two cameras from them because this guy had two IC real time cameras that failed. So I said, okay, I'll just replace it with the same thing. So 
I call them. I get those two cameras. We get set up as an account. Great. Buy them. Put them in. Perfect. They, they're still working. So then I get a phone call. I get a phone call from them twice a month. Like on the dot, twice a month, they'll call me. Hey, Mason, any upcoming projects we can assist you on? <laughs> uh, what's coming down the pipe for you? What can we help you on? If I, Frank, if I had a project that you could help me on, I would be calling you. I don't have any projects that you can help me on. Oh, okay. Well, let us know if anything comes up. I will do. Please don't call me. Two weeks later. Hey, Mason, it's Frank from IC Real Time. What's going on? Anything we can help you with? What's coming up? Like, I. Oh, Frank. Stop. Like, stop <laughs> calling me. And he sent me a quote today. He just yeah. sent me a random quote. And I'm like, why? What is this for? And I thought it was an order because it, there, I didn't see quote. I, I just saw a total and like you in shipping via UPS to this address. And I'm like, Oh crap. Why did he put an order in for me? <clears throat> and I, yeah. I call. He's like, it's just a quote. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's too bad. You know, we were going to get IC real time on as a sponsor yeah. for yeah. the show, but it's not going to happen now, obviously. <laughs> so anyway, uh, next topic, gotcha. uh, Wilson, <laughs> Wilson, uh, what do they, they increase the, uh, the signal for LTE, yeah, don't see, they? Wilson boosters. They also they also uh, carry their home line WeBoost. I, <clears throat> admittedly, was not too familiar with how these all worked up until, and I'm and I'm not overly familiar with how they work um, on the more complicated business side of you know if you want to do you know, antenna targeting, like I want to have this specific frequency set come from this tower and this way and this way. But <clears throat> in the last couple of, uh, last week, I've learned a lot about that. It's kind of, kind of funny. So if you search Wilson LTE booster, you get about, uh, four different websites. It's, I think it's like three or four different websites that are all Wilson something boosters. So in my mind, I thought, okay, I'm just going to call Wilson Boosters and this one website because I need some information. So you'd call them up and they're, you know, giving you all this information and, and uh, product knowledge. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go, you know, buy from ADI. Well, it turns out that this website is a dealer of it. Okay, well, well we, we have to hang up now because you're going to go buy from one of our competitors. And at first it was like, I don't understand. I'm calling them like they're shipping it to a, like, why would that be a competitor? I'm like, Oh, kind of odd that you would think a distributor is a competitor, but whatever. So <clears throat> I then Google Wilson boosters. Cause I was, I had a question about something on my phone and I went to a different website, but it was, I thought it was the same. So I called that number and like totally different person gives me completely different advice. Like, 180 degree advice on what the other person just gave me on the exact same product. So I then say, you know, I'm going to buy from ADI. They're like, oh, competitor. So I went through this about five different times. I gave the exact same <laughs> scenario to the person. They gave me completely different advice. Then I said I was going to buy from ADI and they promptly hung up the phone. <clears throat> I finally... What? call Wilson. I finally figure out who the actual manufacturers and call them. They give me completely different advice. I finally told the lady over the phone, I said, you are a very nice and sweet person, but this whole thing with your resellers are some of the 
this is just dumb. Like this shouldn't be this difficult. Why do I keep for the same system, keep getting different advice from all your different resellers and like your knowledge base on your equipment is so wide. Like no one really knows like how to properly put this in. So it's just, this is, this is what I was trying to do. And maybe this story will help people that that is my, that is my goal with, with this whole story. I have a two story house. Okay. 2,500 square feet on the first floor, 2,500 square feet on the second floor on the, on, in the basement. <clears throat> he has poor cell service outside. So he has poor cell service inside and outside. So we're going to put a booster up to get the inside. So the home system, they're like, oh, run RG11. <clears throat> Even though on our website it says you can run RG6. Okay. Well, so you look at all that. They say don't split it. So then you go to their small business. Small businesses, oh yeah, you can split our Pro 70 line, but you need to run LMR 400. LMR 400 is about $2 a foot. Stupid expensive. Connectors are $30. And then the crimping kit is another $500. So like, okay, so I cannot run RG6. I have to run LM 400. And they're like, oh yeah, but... You can put four antennas in the house off of one booster. Oh, okay, great. You call someone else. They say, oh, you can only do one antenna off the booster. You have to put in four boosters in this house to get good signal. Each booster costing $1,000. And it's like – I. so anyways, what I, what I came to, my conclusion was, is you can do a Pro 70 booster in a house, not their home. You want to get their small business line. And you're going to want to do a – a uh, 75 ohm instead of a 50 ohm so you can do rg11 full copper it's going to cost you about 400 dollars a box and get nice belden uh ppc i believe is the the crimp on or the sorry the compress on fitting on that and then you can only do if your outsource if your outdoor signal is below negative 75 which it basically is going to be below negative 75 if you if you have below negative seventy five outside your house, you don't need a cell phone booster. Then you can only do one antenna inside the house, only one. Even though they sell splitters, if you have a crappy outdoor cell service, which my God, I wonder why you're putting in a cell phone booster. You cannot split it and have multiple antennas. You must put in multiple systems that are each are going to cost about a thousand dollars. It is hmm. just the weirdest thing. They're like, yep, you're going to have to put in, and there's no way to tie one one external antenna into three systems. You have to put literally like three or four external antennas on the outside of the house. Hmm. Yeah, it, but but here's the funny thing is, is I will call these other resellers, and they are all telling me, oh, you can put four antennas on the system inside the house. I don't know. It's just going to slightly drop the signal. Yeah, you should only need one antenna to get the whole house. Oh, no, you go with this home system and it's far cheaper and you could get the whole house with that. You no need to go to the small business side of things. So um, if anyone else is running into the similar problem that I am, which you're probably not, there's a slight solution to it. A Pro 70 with RG11, one antenna only if you have poor cell service outside. So I went through all that today, wanted to talk about it. Yeah, it sounds like it, but aren't there like online support forms or like YouTube videos on the subject that you can just kind of reference and get better information? Yeah, the problem is like you call them and they have really good support when you actually get to the right Wilson. Um, 
they have they have good support. And I talked to Marco. Marco's put a lot of these in too. Um, but Marco was doing more commercial with the LM, LMR 400 cable. And so a lot of it is just guessing, which is really frustrating. A lot of it is, well, put it in and see how it is. Well, how are you supposed to quote a, a place <laughs> out like that? Like, oh, <clears throat> we're just going to buy three and see if that does it. And if it doesn't, then we're going to buy four. <laughs> and that was that was literally i mean it, and i don't blame them that's what marco kind of said too and that's that's what wilson said and it, it would be nice if you could like put a floor plan in and like you know look at you know the house and and you know look at the antenna and put all this math in or you know have some type of design system where you could see oh this antenna will react this way and this will react this way but instead it's just kind of guesswork so yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a it's different because you're used to Wi-Fi where you have all these tools to kind of figure out how to you know do an installation and plan it all out. Then when you get to this route, it's you don't have that. <clears throat> so at least that I I'm sure it's out yeah, there. It's but, not, yeah, it's just not as common, I yeah. guess. Obviously, yeah. hmm. but once you get it in, I've used a couple of those Wilson boosters that they work shockingly well. They're the closest thing to plug and play you can get you literally plug them in and that's it as long as they're working you'll get a green light and you're good to go so yeah the only time i've used those was they were in mm-hmm. schools so i had to i had to get internet con- connectivity across 62 schools oh wow in in akron yeah so this is what happened so i was implementing electronic health mm-hmm. records and all of the therapists that were in akron public schools needed to access the system mm-hmm. So I went to the board of education. And I said, Hey, I need you to whitelist this, this domain. So we don't get cut off to our electronic health record system. We're rolling out in, in a couple months. They're like, Oh really? You guys are accessing our school network. So they cut me off completely. So we had no way of connecting to it. So what I did is I rolled out Verizon LTE, AT&T LTE, and then time Warner cable copper, where I couldn't get signal. If I couldn't get any of those, I use those Wilson boosters. Mm. So between those four things, I got connectivity to all 62 schools. Oh, wow. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. That was like, that was a kick in the nuts too. Like when the board of education said, Hey man, you can't, you can't access our network like a month before we're rolling out to 62 schools. That's crazy. So, but we still, we still went live though. We still went live. Like I got one guy to, uh, to roll around to every single school with a spreadsheet, with a Google sheet and do like speed tests with each device with like the LTE hotspot, the AT&T, the Verizon, and like see like which one worked wow. best. So we just like did this massive roll of all these LTE devices cost thousands of dollars. Like it's like 50 bucks a month for like a hundred people. So like, it increased it by like $5,000 a month. Wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun though. Good shit. It's crazy, man. It's it's cool, yeah. man. So, what's your thoughts on thermal cameras in the uh, in the? I don't place? even I don't even know like yeah I don't even know like what are they used for? Is this like COVID nineteen yeah. stuff? Because I've been hearing more more about them. Or yeah, so it's like people that are they could be sick. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're trying to get at? Yeah, here? they're, uh, they're wanting to see really anyone walking in the door. I'm not a huge fan of them. I haven't seen them around here. I think it's annoying. Yeah, I think this whole this whole fucking thing's annoying and anything that's like trying to either capitalize on like technology that will prevent stuff or whatever I think is annoying, but I don't know. This is, it's, it, it bugs me. 
And I don't think it solves a problem, no, does it? Like, what if you thoughts? have people, a lot of people that that get it, at least from what I read, is that you you may not have a fever but still have it. Um, I forget what the exact word is they use there, but asymptomatic. Yeah, asymptomatic. So it's like, okay, great. I'm going to put these thermal cameras in. And I think they were saying, I was listening to another podcast where they said more than 50% of people could be asymptomatic. So what's the point yeah. if you have a 20% success rate on a on a camera? Like you wouldn't install a system that did motion detection and it was 10 or 20% effective. Like you just you'd be like, <laughs> oh, that's an awful camera. So why would you do that for the workplace? I, and I, I think the argument would be, well, it's one step of identifying. Um, but I, from what I can tell, people are trying to use this as a – as the way of identifying, which is just, mm. yeah, I, I don't like it. I feel, yeah, yeah I, I feel like people are trying to figure out how to capitalize on it and put thermal cameras. They're capitalizing on it. Do, do they? Do they give you a thirty-day free trial, a COVID nineteen free trial? <laughs> well, that thirty days is probably be done, right? So they're gonna. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, we. I'm so, so, I'm so sick of this yeah. shit. Only 30 day free trial. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're just you're trying to get people to buy your shit, and you're giving away 30 day free trial. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I'm so sick of it. <laughs> oh man. But we, I haven't seen any around here. I guess we we had one of our distributors or you know people that we buy from call us, and they're like, oh hey, we've been selling these like hotcakes. I'm like to who? We're not going to buy any. No, no one around here is going, Hey Mason, I really need thermal cameras in my workplace. Like, cause that's important <laughs> to me. And I want to spend more money on that. It's, it's, it's like shooter detection yeah. system. Have you seen these things? I, I, they, it's just like, a <laughs> I've seen them at ISUS. I never quite understood the point of them. Man, they, man, I got involved with these guys quite a bit and I was tasked with figuring out how to set these things up. And I was like, why, why are we doing this? We're, we're capitalizing on, on, on fear, school shootings and terrorism. Um, and this product, I mean, how could you even, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't want to go into the details or go into my personal opinion yeah. on it, but it's just interesting, a company that's like, all right, you know, like a school shooting happens and they're like, yes, this is where we thrive. You know, like how can you get excited about your product yeah. that is based off of fear and terror? Well, I think it's kind of weird. I think, man. you know, I would, I see, I see what you're getting at. For me, I would look at it as like, why do I install security cameras? Like why ooh, get excited when someone breaks into a building and steal stuff? Like, yeah. There's a part of me where if that happens, you get a little bit like, oh, yeah, I wonder what happened because it's not my stuff, right? <clears throat> but I don't like when people get broken into, and I think a lot of that would be – I think they would say they're not capitalizing on that. They're cap, they're they're trying to find a, a solution for a problem. Um, but I don't really see the benefit of mm. it. In my opinion, if someone shoots a gun, the, the alert is going to be everyone screaming and running away, right? I mean – I don't know. I <clears throat> I don't know enough about it to make a informed decision or comment on it, but I don't really see I don't really see if you how much money you would have to put in that to make it somewhat useful. I would I would yeah. think other things would be useful. Just like putting in maybe better security cameras that are really nice high definition and having a lot of those and having a good way of managing all those where you can see what's going on if if you want something like that. Because if someone's going to – but then I guess I also see like if someone shoots a gun, 
it would be kind of nice <clears throat> for those cameras where it was shot, where the where the shot was fired, for those to like pop up automatically on the screen, you know, to go, oh hey, this shooter's in here, or put something on a screen to say, hey, shooter located in this area. Um, so people were aware yeah. of where the shooters at. Then if you made more shots, it would you know continually update that location data. So. I, I I guess kind of thinking it through like that, I, I see the point of it. Um, I see where you're coming from, though, where it's it's capitalizing on that. But I think if you, yeah, I don't know. Like if you, it, it's kind of like if you don't have the feature and other people do, then you're behind, right? So it's it's almost like they have to <clears throat> right. to develop that just so they stay with the current game. Yeah, they they sold their product to airports yeah. recently. I know they got I know they got some contracts. I think there's a couple companies that do that, but Shooter Detection Systems is the, is the company, mm-hmm. and they they got some contracts with uh, some airports recently. So that, that's probably what they're going for. These bigger yeah. like kind of government or like just bigger like facilities. I would imagine. Yeah. Well, and so, I guess that makes sense. It's a weird. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was saying it's a weird business model, but I mean, I guess it's useful, but I just don't see it. Yeah. I mean, I guess my question to you would be if you were a security guard and, and shots were fired and you were in an airport, like you wouldn't know that unless someone on another radio would would radio to you, correct? I mean, like how would you detect a gunshot being fired in a building where you could never hear it based on where you're positioned? Right. Yeah. It just uses these little sensors mm-hmm. and it. It knows when there's a gunshot and it goes off of like infrared, I believe, or some sort of thing where it, it detects the flash of a mm-hmm. gun as well as the, the audible component to it. And then it shows the location of it. So you got to put these sensors like all over oh, the place. Wow. It's, it's a very expensive product. Hmm. Sounds kind of cool. I mean, I'd like yep. to see it um, like in action, <laughs> not like cool. in yeah, action, yeah. action, but kind of like a demonstration of it and how it all ties together and works. I, I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it was it was inter yeah it was interesting setting it up because they were like they told me to set it up and I was like hey man bring I told Steve and I was like hey get, bring your guns in with some blanks let's test this thing out <laughs> in the office <laughs> and he never did but he's going to but uh we we had more important shit to do but no he would have totally done it but um so but I set it up where you know you could press the test button and it would go shot shot detected mm-hmm. and then uh, it would fire a relay so we had this relay module thing this RS232 all set up and all this crap and it would you could lock a door and do all this cool stuff with it but it's just like all right now what yeah it's like are we going to actually use this thing but it was fun to set up for for a little bit it'd be kind of cool if you could if you could pinpoint where it was and then lock all the doors i guess i see the value sure. in that as well as soon as he fires, yeah, all the doors well, lock or close. But then. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I would rather the door be open. Give me, give me the option to leave. Yeah, I guess if he has hostages, right? For. If he's gonna, if he's, <laughs> you wouldn't want to shoot. No, man, I don't shoot know. Shoot it, man. and then all the people are locked in there, and then now he basically created hostages for for him. Yeah, that could go <laughs> south really quick. <laughs> I don't know, man. We're getting so. I don't know if we're still on topic, but yeah. whatever. What else, what else do you want to talk about, man? Oh. I think we're, we're exhausted. Yeah, I think we've kind of uh, talked about everything kind of going on this week. Next uh, next podcast, going to talk about Chatsworth stuff coming out um, and uh, 
Oh yeah. yeah. Have you, are we going to get some free stuff so we, so I can demo yeah, it? Yeah. I actually talked to Brittany today <laughs> about that. So, uh, coming up next, uh, Next, yeah. maybe next podcast maybe following podcast and hopefully uh check out you'll probably see on instagram first the uh some chatsworth managed power products um uh they're gonna hopefully be sending us out uh, you know me and specific pierce and i believe maybe chris tiffany i'm not entirely sure um sending them out cool. more just products on on jobs to look at um, I know I wanted to check out more of their finger duck stuff. I also wanted to get some enclosed four, four post racks. One thing I had discussed with Brittany is that their website is just, frankly, it's quite confusing. Um, there's not a, I, I don't know, Blake, if you've ever gone on their website to look at products, but there is so many selections that it's overwhelming. And unless you know specifically to the T of what you're wanting to do, there's not a great way to just kind of peruse and browse and go, oh, hey, we could do it this way or we could do it that way. It's more of what are you trying to accomplish? We need all the details and then this is exactly what you need, which is great for some people. But if you already knew that, then you might probably want to be on their website trying to figure out what you need. So part of this whole thing is to get more products out there in people's hands, to show it, to explain it. And so more people can be familiar with their product line. I think that's really good because Chatsworth makes, in my opinion, some of the best, most thought out and well-engineered products for rack mount and equipment. Um, their stuff is just top notch. It is, you pay money for it, but it's really top notch. So anyway, so looking forward. They have a, yeah, they have a lot of products. I'm on their website right now. Yeah. Holy smoke. Yeah. And especially when you when you know nothing about their product line and you're trying to get into it, yeah. it's very overwhelming because they they use a lot of terminology that, you know, if you're deep into industrial, you know, RMR enclosures that you may understand, but when you're just trying to explore it to go, hey, I need an outdoor NEMA box. Do they have something like that? You can't really <laughs> go, oh, hey, yeah, they got these options that I could choose from. It's more of oh, there's an online configurer. Well, I don't really know what I'm doing, so how can I make that? So that's one thing we're going to be discussing and, and looking at. And another thing is managed power. That's one of the first things is looking at their PDUs. And I mentioned to her that it would be really nice if they had something that was in the same ballpark price range of the uh, lot box um, because the lot box is very residential home focused and it would be slick to put a Chatsworth rack in with a Chatsworth managed power system and fan system. So you could log in and say, Oh, Hey, look, my, my cubit rack is at this temperature and it's using this much power and I can power cycle these outlets if I want to. And, um, this, you know, thing seems to be drawing more power than it usually does, or the rack seems hotter than it usually does, or the fans are drawing more power, which means the filters are probably plugged up. So, and maybe set up some if then statements. So, just, just have some ideas going in my head and I'm looking forward to, to looking at the products. So, Huh? Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I'm reading their COVID-19 update. It says we're, we're all in this together. That's what Chatsworth we says. All are. <laughs> no, we're not. I'm, I sit at home by myself for 24 hours a day and don't touch other humans. So there's no togetherness in my world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Well, let's let's wrap it up. You got anything else you want to talk about, or we not really? Go? I think we're good to go. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. I'm stopping the recording okay. and wait for it to upload. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, yep, Mason. Bye. bye. Okay. Thanks.